In today's show, I'm talking Utah Jazz, Sleepers, Bust, Fantasy Basketball, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We are here to talk about the Utah Jazz. I spoke earlier today with David Locke. Uh, from a local perspective to see you know, what's happening around the Jazz. Now, let's talk about them from a fantasy point of view. And I'm going to tell you right now, leave the episode play, put it on mute if you want, leave the YouTube video going. They're a pretty boring fantasy team. I, I just, I, I try to be honest with you. No, I try. I be honest with you guys all the time. This is not an exciting fantasy team. There's not much that's changing at all. They're going to be really good. I'm still going to talk about them. Well, they are a pretty boring team from a fantasy perspective. I love watching them play. They're super fun to watch. I think they're really, really good. But for fantasy, it does uh, they, they do lose a little bit of uh, of intrigue in that respect. Doesn't mean there's not good value because, well, actually, that's, that's not true. Maybe it does mean there's not that good value. We'll talk about that later on as well. Let's talk about their schedule, though. They do have um, a pretty good schedule. 55 quality games, which is well above average. That's a good number. 13 back-to-backs below average. And I gave a discussion on quality games yesterday. I'll just give something quickly. Um, the way that I tend to work out what a quality game filter should be is that I get the amount of amount of active roster spots you have. A standard league has 10 divided by the total roster spots you have. A standard league has 13. So 10 divided by 13. I then multiply whatever that resulting number is by 15, which is the maximum amount of NBA games that can be played on a day. 30 teams, 15 games max. So 10 divided by 13 multiplied by 15. You get a number which comes out at 11, 11.5, I think it is. And then I subtract two, and that gives me my quality game cutoff of nine. Meaning that if a day, ha- if a day has more than nine games on, I doubt, don't count it as a quality day. If it has nine or fewer games, I count it as a quality game. If your league has 10 active guys and five benches, then you're looking at 10 divided by 15, then multiplied by 15, then take away two, which I think ends up equaling eight. So your, your quality game filter is eight. If you have a six starters and six bench guys, that's six divided by 12, right? Which is 50%. Then you're looking at seven and a half. Yeah, the times that by 15 is seven and a half. So you've got a quality game filter of around five or six. So it does differ depending on what your league setup is. So the 55 quality games here is me using the, the cutoff of nine. A nine-game day, you can play basically anyone. A 10-game, it gets a little bit iffy. In terms of default playoffs, they have 11 games in the Yahoo defaults, which ends on April 3rd. A 4-4-3 schedule there, pretty good. And then in my playoffs, which ends March 20th, they've got the most amount of games, 11 games, three, four, and four. So four games in semifinal week and four games in the championship week there. So a pretty good overall fantasy schedule with high-quality games, low back-to-backs, and high volume in the playoffs. So everything works out pretty well in that uh, in that respect. Let's look at pressure points, so things that can impact 
Things that can impact the uh, the projections is what we're looking at here. Mike Conley and his resting. Talked to David earlier today, and he thinks there will be some sort of predetermined rest projection for Conley, sitting some back-to-backs without injury. There's not many of those players, I think, in the NBA, but I think Conley, he thinks Conley will want, and I think that's potentially true as well. And they won't be pushing him with big minutes, but maybe that's wrong. Maybe they have to go, well, Mike's going to play 32 a night and play 75 games. I, I really don't believe that's the case, but that could change things. Or he could actually sit more games and play 26 minutes a night and lean more heavily on Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles coming off the bench. Maybe try and sprinkle in some Jared Butler. Probably not, but maybe. The other thing is Ingles and Clarkson. They both started out last season shooting the absolute lights out. Ingles had a true shooting of like 70% for the first three months of the season. Clarkson was shooting unbelievably. And then, of course, he shot horribly towards the end of the season. But what what do those guys bring? Clarkson, we'll talk about him in the busts section later on. Spoiler alert. Uh, he's being overvalued significantly. He ended up as the 104th best player last year in 27 minutes a night. I think the minutes actually come down and some of his production's probably not that good. Because if that shooting is what we've seen literally throughout his whole career versus the first three months of last season, then then there's a problem. Whereas Ingles is historically a really, really good shooter, but he's 34. At some point, maybe the shooting does fall off or he just has a weird outlier season. He also shot the free throws really well last year. And Ingles in the past hadn't been an elite free throw shooter. So there is some room for regression for both of those guys who finished 104th for Clarkson last season and 100th for Ingles. There is some room for regression on their uh, on their shooting numbers. Ingles, to me, is not a points league guy. Uh, he was 140th in points leagues last year. I wouldn't draft him in a points leagues. In a points league, well, Clarkson's a little bit better in a points league versus a category league, but still, I think, uh, being somewhat overvalued, which again, as I said, we will get into that in a second, but not before I tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the place that you need to go when you are placing bets on football, because it's football started. The time of you listen to this, the first game's in the books. I don't know if the Buccaneers won or the Cowboys won. I'm going to finish recording this. I'm going to go watch it. Um, but college football started as well. So BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and football college uh, college football uh, action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at BetOnline. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so you can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus by using our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, or even your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait. Take advantage of all the offers they have now for the 2021 season. Bet online are your online sportsbook experts. And if you're watching live sports like Tampa Bay and Dallas, you've got one thing to watch that. And then you might have another device where you watch your streaming shows. And then you have the highlights that you watch on your phone. Then you have another login for something else. It's clutter. There's so many different things, so many different remotes, so many different devices that you have to worry about. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love Without the hassle, and finally, a great way to get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand shows together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and TV shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. All right, let's look at breakout candidates. And I don't know. This was a hard one to do. He's Don. He's good. Is it Donovan Mitchell? Like, is it actually a breakout? Like I talked about with David on the show earlier today, 
Like Mitchell probably does have an extra step to take, but I don't know if that's calling him a breakout. But who the hell else is the breakout guy on this team? It's not going to be Mia One. It's not going to be Trent Forrest or Jared Butler. This team is, as I say, they're boring. I don't know what's going to happen. Now, Mitchell, for the first time last year, was able to get inside the top 40. I think he still has absolutely top 20 upside. It's going to come from him being a six free throw guy to being an eight and a half free throw guy per game. And I think he can do it. And it's going to be him going from five assists to six and a half assists. That probably doesn't happen this year, but I think it does happen over the course of his career. So I am okay with drafting Mitchell inside that top 40. Don was 35th last season. His rank on ESPN is up to 24. On Yahoo, it's at 35. and Fantrax, it's 27. I think taking him in the third round, at the turn of the third round, is totally fine. That's expecting a little bit further of a step up from him. And I think it does come. There is a risk if you take him at 26 and he you know, just does what he does last year. And then so you've missed out on a bit of value there. But again, at a guy at his age, with his ability, he's just turned 25. I think we can expect another little bit of a boost up for Don. And to me, he's a pretty strong third round guy. I'd lean towards mid to early versus mid to late where he was last season when I'm looking at where his value sits. And if you're talking about a points league, again, I think he's he was 26th in points leagues last year. So if you want to take him in the second round in a standard Yahoo points league, I honestly don't think there's any, any concern with that at all. Told you they're boring. Fantasy sleepers. That's like a one guy. I think there is value in Boyan Bogdanovich. He's ranked 121st on Yahoo, 123rd on ESPN, and 114th on Fantrax. He started out last season pretty poor with that wrist issue and ended up finishing 122nd. I think that he can get back around 100 if that wrist and that absolutely horrendous shooting, which was plaguing him to begin last season, doesn't have an issue this year. He figured it out towards the end of last season and was putting up really strong numbers. He's a worse points league guy than category league guy. I think he's more 110 to 125 in points leagues. But categories, he can be 90 to 100, 105. And you can get value on him. You know, getting him 123 on ESPN. He's, uh, Yahoo ADP is 128. Like that's 12th round types, 11th round type situations for Boyan Bogdanovich. I think there is some real value in drafting him in those later rounds with a little bit of upside. Not massive. He's not going to push the top 50 or anything like that. But at that spot, a reliable free throw guy, a good three-point shooter, a good overall scorer as well. You know, there is some uh, some pretty strong value, I think, in Boyan Bogdanovich for the upcoming season. And he is a guy that you can get at a little bit of a fantasy discount at this point. In terms of the busts, even even the the Jazz guys, they're, they're all ranked fairly, fairly solidly, I think, across the board. So there's not many guys who are supremely undervalued. There's not many guys who are supremely overvalued. But Jordan Clarkson sitting at 89 on Yahoo and 87 on Fantrax just screams nonsense to me. He was, he was, as I said, 104th last year. In a points league, Clarkson was 97th. So that Yahoo ranking and the Fantrax ADP at 87 is going, Jordan Clarkson, you had the best season of your career. You were the sixth man of the year. I don't believe rightfully so, but you were anyway. You fell off massively after, as the season progressed and went back to your usual level. We think you're going to be better. And I look at that and I call bullshit. I could be wrong. I am not wasting a eighth or seventh round pick on Jordan Clarkson. Now, maybe Mike Conley gets hurt, but Joe Ingles is the guy that starts. They don't start Clarkson. He's a scorer that relies upon having solid efficiency to be good in fantasy because I, and I don't think he's going to be that. He's a low steals, low assists, low rebounds guy. He'll score a decent amount, but... 
Before you get excited about taking him, how excited do you get about taking Andrew Wiggins? And Clarkson plays significantly fewer minutes than Andrew Wiggins in a category league. Yeah, there's just the value there at 89. To me, that's best case. And I don't think he gets there. It's It feels like a real waste to be selecting him in that area. And I think Mike Conley is worth mentioning as a bust as well. Yahoo's got him at 75. Fantrax got him at 81. And I think they're probably a little bit too high because on a per-game basis, I think he's probably 75 to 85. That's per game. And I do think he's going to miss. If he misses 20 games, don't be shocked. But ESPN's got him at uh, at 69. Giggity. I don't know why. Actually, I do know why. Last year, he ranked 60th on a per-game basis in 29 minutes per game. I think that might be hard for him to continue. He's 34. But then the games played would not necessitate me taking him there. Now, people are aware of this because his ESPN rank is 69 and his ADP is 89. So they're letting him slide. At 89, 90, I don't, there's no problem with that. You know, getting a good point guard after, that's what's really tough. But you are going to have games played or games missed issues with Mike Conley. I feel pretty confident in saying that. He was 68th in points leagues last year. Again, I'd expect a little bit of a decline at age 34. And then the games played get, get mixed in there as well. I just think he's being... At 69, is ridiculous. And 75 is too high as well, I believe, for uh, for Mike Conley for this upcoming season. Just, just with that hamstring injury risk, the rests, the other great players around him, they won't be you know, stretching his load gigantically. He's just be he's really good. Really like Mike Conley. He's deserved all-star last season. He was super, super important on this team. That doesn't mean that we need to look at him as a, a top 60, top 70 fantasy guy when you're missing 20 games. He's going to have he's going to hurt for sure. And I, I think, yeah, you can pencil in at least 10 games. At least 10 games missed. Probably 15, probably 20. Yeah, when we're looking at Conley for the season. It's very it's impossible to predict injuries, but in terms of them managing him, keeping the minutes low. Being really careful on those back-to-backs, that's one of those. And again, his injury towards the end of the season hurt this team. And they will be trying to preserve him as much as possible when he's had a dud hamstring for the last two years. And it's been lingering and lingering. And uh, that's obviously a pretty uh, significant concern. Last pick flyers, deep league flyers, last picks in standard leagues. I don't think Jared Butler is a, uh, a last pick in a standard league type of guy. But... There is, a, there is a way that he could... I think the Jazz run a nine-man rotation most nights, but if Conley's out and Butler, who I do think can be a pretty solid NBA rotation player, maybe he's in. Maybe he forces his way into an every-night rotation spot. Last season, it was Mia One who stepped into that role. I think Butler can have that role this year. And if he determines, or if they determine that he's useful as a good shooter, good pass, a good defender, maybe he's an every-night guy just to ease that load and go from a nine to a 10-man rotation. Because the back of the Jazz bench last year was horrendous. All of those guys, your Trent Forrest, Elijah Hughes, they played like two minutes a night. Like Nobody played. So I think they'd like to stretch some of these minutes into guys. And Butler's just a deep, in your 20-team leagues, but just a deeper league guy to watch. You have Rudy Gay in that 16-team league zone, probably pretty useful. And I have to mention him. The world. Like I said with David, I actually like the signing of Whiteside for the Jazz um, as a backup center. That's his role. If Gobert gets hurt, he Whiteside will be a absolute must-add player because despite my criticisms of how bad he can be on court, he puts up fantasy numbers when he starts. And if he's in a role playing 30 minutes a night because Gobert is out, then he'll be a must-add player. Yeah, we're not drafting him, of course. Handcuffs and stashes don't really work in most fantasy leagues. Uh, although we, I might, I'm probably going to do a draft-only type of league at some point 
where that might be important. And uh, you, we'll see. We'll get invites out for that or opportunities to join that league with me coming up soon. Yeah, Whiteside will be one to watch there. But as a deeper league guy, yeah, he's a 264 rank on ESPN. Like, I think he's better than that. Take him higher than that. Yeah, ESPN, uh, Yahoo's got him at 181. So then maybe that's a little bit too high. But again, if Gobert is out, he will he will be useful. I still think they will play a little bit. I don't think it'll be flat 48 Gobert Whiteside at center. I do think that Go uh, that Gay and, and Pascal will get some of those center minutes. But you know, talking to David, he's not as convinced that that'll be a huge part of it. But I know if you talk to, say, Tony Jones of The Athletic who covers the Jazz, he seems to think there'll be a lot of Rudy Gay at center. So we don't know, but that's two differing opinions on uh, on that side of the um, of the argument as to how the Jazz will deploy that uh, deploy that bench unit. Speaking of bench units, actually not speaking of bench units, rockauto.com, that is the place where you need to go to buy parts for your car. I was going to say a bench unit is a car part, but it's not at all. But tail lamps are, brake parts are, motor, motor oil is, new carpet is, steering wheels, gear shifts, whatever. You don't want to go to a local chain auto parts store. Spend more money, waste your time, and talk to a bloke behind the counter who's going to make you feel crap because you don't know what you're talking about. Or he's going to try and charge you more. Get out of here. Go to rockauto.com, an online family business who have been serving auto parts customers for the last 20 years. You can save 30, 50, 70% on these items. So go, find the parts that you need for your make and model of car, put them into your cart, and when you're ready to check out in their How Did You Hear About Us box, right, locked on, and tell them that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Sad day here in the Lloyd House because my last built bar, it's gone. I need to get a new box in. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And they've got such great flavors. Raspberry, orange, strawberry, coconut, the goat cookies and cream. And I keep hearing about this coconut brownie fudge chunk, whatever it is. Get me some of those. But they're not just great tasting. These are healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of net carbs, and 130 to 180 calories per bar. So great tasting like a candy bar, but the nutritional profile of a, of a protein bar. Awesome stuff. So get yourself a box, two boxes, three boxes, 10 boxes, whatever you need at built.com. Yeah, built.com. That's the name of it. Built Bars. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. Save 15%. Built Bar are the best tasting protein bars ever. Let's look at the next part, and that is just the rest of the players on this team uh, for the, what are they called? For the Utah Jazz. Let's do it. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Gobert tends to fly under the fantasy radar. He was the 34th ranked player last year. ESPN's got him at 30. Yahoo's got him at 37. Fantrax's got him at 26. You punt free throws, he becomes a second round guy. He's just absolutely rock solid in that back end second round area, mid third round area. He's just going to do what he does. He's going to block shots. He's going to have high field goal percentage. He's going to be a great rebounder. He's going to give you no threes, assists. He's going to be low steals and bad at free throws. That's just going to happen. That's just what he does. Do you have faith that he improves his free throws? Absolutely not. Could he? Sure, maybe. I don't put any trust in it, so you punt it. That's what you do if you've got Rudy Gobert. Now, his volume is not so large, not like a Zion or a um, Yanni where you absolutely have to, but it's pretty tough to recover from. You'd need two Donovan Mitchells on your team to bring uh, Gobert's free throws up to being league average at like 78%. That's how bad of an impact it is this season. I think it's going to be how I've projected it. 
But that's fine. You can work with that. In Roto, it makes him a little bit harder for sure. Um, in points leagues, his value isn't quite as high, but he was still 29th last season, so still pretty bloody good. And he does fly again a little bit under the radar and someone you can get for some value. And after that, it's pretty rough. Like Royce O'Neal starts, sure. If you are someone who absolutely froths off about turnovers, you love Royce because he doesn't turn it over. The problem is he doesn't do anything else. Doesn't score, doesn't he rebounds all right, doesn't get steals or blocks, but he doesn't turn it over. So that's apparently an awesome thing. And that is again one of those reasons why I just highly, highly recommend. And someone messaged this to me and said, Josh, man, you're t- talking telling me Paul George. Yeah, you know, you've got to take him at the turn in the first round, but your projections tell me he's twenty seventh. They don't. Please, for the love of God, when I'm talking, please turn turnovers off. I cannot stress enough. If you think that Paul George is a guy you take at twenty nine, or that Trey Young is a guy that you take at fifty, then include turnovers in your discussion. If you think Robert Williams is a guy you take at 18, then include turnovers. It's nonsense. It's foolish. You don't do it. Turn turnovers off for the absolute love of God when evaluating players. You want to use it as a tiebreaker? Sure. Yeah, and Royce O'Neal's value jumps through the roof. He should, he's not a 12-team league guy, but he's an absolutely rock-solid. He's a worse Dorian Finney-Smith, but he's a rock-solid 14 or 16-team league guy who's going to start and get his minutes and do those things. I think Rudy Gay is similar. Probably he's going to not going to play as much as O'Neal. You know, Gay just turned 35. He's pretty solid for those 18-team leagues. I thought he had some really solid moments for the Spurs last year, but he won't be called upon to do as much this season in Utah. Then you've got Eric Pascal, who... People frothed him in that first season with the Warriors. And as you know, it's always, context is always super important. He was on a team where everyone was injured and they were giving him just super high usage and his shooting was bad and he couldn't do anything else. And so I really yeah, preached caution with, you know, maybe Pascal's never as good as what he is in the second half of that rookie season. And we saw just how bad he was last season. He's a guy that to be effective in fantasy needs the ball in his hands and a lot of usage, but that does not equal a good team. If you have a team that's putting good usage into Eric Pascal. And that's one of those things that, that you do need to be aware of. So I, he's, I don't think he's got every night rotation guy on this team. If they go 10 men, sure. But Whiteside and Gay are both ahead of him. So I wouldn't get too excited about Pascal. Trent Forrest, I thought, showed some little flashes where he could be at least a rotation player at some point in the future. While Mia Erne had opportunities and didn't particularly excite me. Gerald Brantley is back, but yeah, he's 25. He hasn't really established himself. And then the other guy who we didn't really see at all last season, Yudoka Azabuke, they're a horribly incorrect first-round pick from uh, uh, the 2020 draft. Sprained his ankle really bad last season. Now, he is one of the worst free-throw shooters you'll ever see, but he can block shots. And I would not be surprised if Hassan Whiteside's just shithouse, if Azabuke can work his way to be the backup center. It's 5% chance of it. And if he does work his way into a role, he blocks shots at a high level and is a high field goal guy, but literally one of the worst free throw guys you will ever see. But don't be shocked if he does work his way to be an equivalent because Whiteside, was, he, he stunk. He was so bad last year. I think he's going to be better this season, but as a Buke could move into that role. And then Elijah Hughes, their second round pick from last year, he's done nothing for me to suggest that he is useful as an NBA rotation player at all. Maybe it's a bit, bit harsh on the kid, but... He hasn't shown it yet. Maybe he'll show it in the future. Has not shown it at this point. Guys, that'll do it for us today. Utah Jazz, most boring fantasy team going around pretty much. That's fine though. There's still guys that you want to be looking at and want to be targeting under the right situations like Mitchell, like Gobert, of course, and Bogdanovich with a bit of value. Clarkson, if you get him late. Conley, if you get him at the right spot as well. Guys, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Odyssey. Actually, you know what? I was going to do something and I should have done it at the start of the show. I'm going to do it now. Contest time. I'm going to do a mock draft next week. Don't know when. 
you will see me announce it. I will post on the YouTube community you know, a written post, a link to it. I will also tweet it out. I don't know what sort of draft, so be aware, open to that. But what I want to do, in the comments on YouTube, choose what my team name is. And I will name my team that for the mock draft. And you, you will get a shout out on the show when I do that. In the comments below, drop down what you think I should name my mock draft team for next week. Drop it in the comments. We'll see who wins. Thumb it up. Guys, we're done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.